This episode of Lawyers Tell All is brought to you by Law Firm Conversions. If your law firm's phone is ringing, that only means your marketing is successful. It's what happens when the phone is answered that will drive your success or failure. Visit www.intakeacademy.com and claim your free copy of Chris Mullen's groundbreaking book for lawyers and law firms that gets every call converting to become a profitable client, showing you the steps you need to take to ensure the right person is answering the phone and answering it correctly. Welcome to the Lawyers Tell All podcast, where Chris Mullins, the preeminent sales and communications consultant in the legal industry, shows you how it looks through lawyers' eyes. Here, innovators in the trenches provide powerful insights that help you connect with new clients, handle the sometimes harsh realities of the legal profession, and embrace the mindsets needed to succeed. Be sure to visit our website at www.lawyerstellall.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, lean in, tune in, and let's take a deep dive. It's Chris Mullins with IntakeAcademy.com and your expert interview. And today I'm going to be interviewing Brooke Lively and I'm going to let Brooke introduce herself. Go ahead, Brooke. Wow. So I'm not one to brag on myself. I'm Brooke Lively. I own Cathedral Capital, which we lovingly call CathCap. And we provide strategic advice that drives profit to law firms. That's simple. Yep. It's that simple. Okay. Just say a little bit about how you got to where you are, like, especially in the law firm field. So it started, um, I went to grad school later in life. I went at 35 Mm -hmm. and um, got this fancy sounding degree. I got an MBA in corporate finance and investments and somehow through, you know, life happens. I ended up running my father's law firm and Mm. I discovered that attorneys don't love numbers. They all went to law law school because they were promised no numbers. And (laughs) they were kind of struggling with this. And I thought, you know, it doesn't have to be so hard. And I ultimately started a fractional CFO business. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to help attorneys get that strategy and understand that using data-driven decisions, we could create more profit in their business. And because everything shows up in the numbers. Yes. Everything, you know that, Chris, right? The numbers speak loud and clear. They do, loud and clear. Yeah. Um, Our CFO started seeing operational issues. They're like, you know, hey, I I can't fix this. Mm, So we brought on a COO division to help fix some of those operational issues. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. So uh, tell me about, let's see, the culture, because that seems like that would be a good segue there. Why is the company culture, the firm culture so important? You know, it's, it's so funny. I've been banging on about culture for years. And even when we were only a CFO company, I talked about culture and people are like, you are a CFO and you're talking about culture and why? And I'm like, Mm. do you not understand how much it costs to replace an employee? Mm -hmm. 
it costs three to four times a salaried employee's yearly salary to replace them. So let's talk about a $75,000 a year attorney. Mm -hmm. So that's what, like a three to five year attorney? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're talking $225,000 to $300,000 that you are going to spend and in lost billing to replace that person. Mm -hmm. And that's optimistic. Chris, how many times have your clients complained recently about hiring? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, every day. It used to be that it was easy to go out and hire, right? Law schools were pumping out students. Law schools are no longer pumping out students. Fewer and fewer people are applying to law school. The students that are graduating from law school right now are not passing the bar. Mm-hmm. We have one client that hired, this blows my mind, um, top of the class, law review, flunked the Texas bar. Yeah. Law review and flunked the Texas bar. We have another client whose um, attorney also flunked the bar. So that's really common. So here we are in a hiring environment. You know, when we talk about houses, we talk about a buyer's market and a seller's market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right now it's a seller's market, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Right now it's an employee market. They're in control. Mm -hmm. We as the hiring party are not in control. We are battling it out to get the employees. So we have to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And all the studies have shown that employees leave not because of pay. Glassdoor came out with, do you know about Glassdoor, that big company that does reviews of all the big corporations and all the companies, if you want to know about a company, oh, okay, right. what they yep. pay, mm-hmm. all of that. Yep. So they did mm-hmm. a huge study last year mm-hmm. that, that, um, Despite what everyone thinks, mm-hmm. the number one reason people leave is not because of pay, it's because of culture. And I just wrote an article about this for Attorney at Work. It's so interesting. Attorneys, have you ever heard the expression, if all you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail? Mm-hmm. Attorneys, think everything can be solved with money. They think money is their hammer. And so they go about every, they look at every problem as being solved with money. And the fact of the matter is when we're talking about happy employees, money does not solve it. It's culture. Mm -hmm. People leave because of their bosses. Mm -hmm. So if you can change the culture of your company, if you can change the way the managers are managing. If you can change the way people are being taught and trained, if you can change, you know, we're not supposed to talk about work-life balance because there will never be a balance between work and home, that there can be an integration, right? If you can get a good work-life integration, if you can get your employees, especially these new younger generations, they want to be inspired. They want to think they're making a difference. If you can create a culture that lets them feel that, that lets them feel like they're part of a cause that, that creates 
a team environment, your people will stay and you will not have to pay $300,000 every two years right. when you yeah. leave. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. I, I, that one. It's, it's huge. And, you know, it's with attorneys, it's with every department, every, oh. every, every team member everywhere. It's paralegals, it's IT, yeah, it's, it's, it's the receptionist, it's you yeah. name it. Yeah. yeah. And the intake team and the intake team, without an intake team, you don't really have a law firm because they handle all the conversion and the sales. Yeah. They're the ones that are getting the leads. But the, the other thing too, is I, I agree that the way to solve things as far as Law firms are concerned is just keep throwing more money at marketing because if we get more leads, it'll take care of everything. And what's That's happening is it makes everybody more overworked. They're not trained to begin with. They yeah. can't handle the caseload. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. And nobody's communicating and taking care of the team. Well, and if your intake team is not doing a good job and taking on less than ideal clients. Mm-hmm. What's happening to your poor team that's working the cases? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're working cases that are bad. Mm-hmm. Your team is demoralized because they know they're bad cases. You're spending money that you shouldn't be spending, especially if you're in a contingency practice, mm-hmm. working bad cases. That's a lose-lose situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you, when you said a little while ago about um, operations, Mm-hmm. What do you notice that pops up as problem areas with regards to operations? You know, I think staying in the same vein, the biggest problem is, you know, when we go back to law school, law school does a lot of attorneys a disservice because they don't teach them how to run a business. And they don't teach them a lot of people's skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then all of a sudden they're out and they're teaching and training and mentoring. And they don't know how, how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are really lucky. I was talking to one of my clients and she had been in a big law firm. And she was talking about teaching and training. And she said, oh my gosh, you know, I had this great mentor and he redlined everything. He redlined my emails multiple times before every email went out. I'm like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that for your brand new attorney? Mm-hmm. Right. The one who hadn't passed the bar in one of the states she needed her to pass it in. And um, <laughs> she said, are you kidding me? I don't have time to teach them. I just need to tell them the answer and keep moving. Yeah. Yes. But what a disservice you're doing to that poor young attorney Mm -hmm. who's never going to learn the answer. So I think when we, when we look at operations, the biggest problem that we're seeing is especially in the smaller firms, We don't know how to teach and train. We don't know how to create a career path. We don't know how to inspire anyone on the team, whether it's, you know, the person emptying the wastebaskets or our most senior attorney, all of those people need to be, um, I don't know if you've read, have you read Traction? 
no. or heard about traction. Okay. So there's a, a great me. book by Gina Wickman and mm-hmm. he calls it LMA lead, manage, and hold accountable. Mm-hmm. Lead, manage, and accountability. And no one has taught attorneys LMA. And that is such a basic skill set for success. And in, until you have that, you're going to keep having turnover in your firm. So you can have the best employee handbook. You can have every single policy and process written down. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have anybody to do it, if you don't have an intake team to ask the questions and do the conversion because they've been run off because of your inability to LMA them. Yeah. If, if the, if the attorneys would just, if the firms, the managing partners would just spend the same amount of time, energy, money, and effort um, that they do in marketing. And they did that with, with their team, with their people, um, it would be, it would be huge. And I think the most, most, motivation that the team members get is during the interviewing process. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody said to me recently, and, and I think it's true and it, and it hit home. As you move up in a business, your client changes. Mm -hmm. My client is no longer law firms in my business. My client is now my team. And am I treating my team like my client? Am I giving them what they need? Am I making them happy? Am I fulfilling their needs? Mm -hmm. And I don't think most of us think that way. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's great the way you put that. Um, I think that if attorneys could just maybe admit that that's an area that they're not good at, and outsource it or, you know, join a mastermind Mm -hmm. to learn, you know, don't reinvent the wheel, but just find out from your colleagues and learn what's the best way to handle that area or any area instead of just keep doing it over and over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's see. You also have understanding the capacity of your law firm. What's that about? You hit on it a minute ago. Mm -hmm. You said that attorneys like to put a lot of money in marketing because it's sexy, right? Yep. And everyone's talking about it. There's a little bit of ego in there too. So just a smidge. Just a smidge. You know, everyone's talking about it and it's fun and you did it. Oh yeah, I'm doing that. Oh, oh, well, do you know what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm a TikTok star and whatever else. (laughs) (laughs) right um and so they bring all these cases in fabulous run them through intake great but if you don't understand the capacity of your firm if you don't understand how many cases at any given point your team can work you run the risk of one of two things happening Hmm. either you're shoving, I'm going to make up numbers, 200 cases through a firm that can only work 150. Yeah. Or you're putting 50 cases 
through a firm that can run 150. Mm-hmm. So in the first scenario, you are going to miss deadlines. You're going to have a lot of people ticked off at you. And eventually someone's going to file a bar complaint, right? Mm -hmm. it's going to get so bad that you're going to miss something and you're going to screw something up big time. Mm -hmm. And your people are overworked and they're going to quit. Did I mention it costs $300,000 to replace a $75,000 attorney? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just going to be a disaster. The second scenario happened and this. Actually, I had a sales call recently with a guy, great guy. He put all this money into marketing. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to have this many cases coming through. I need to hire more people. Yeah. So he hired 10 more people. He upped his head count by a third. He went from 37 to 47 people or something. Mm-hmm. He lost a quarter of a million dollars in three months mm-hmm. because he had so many extra people and he didn't have the work for them. Yeah. So you really have to understand how much capacity you have in your firm. How many cases can be worked at any given time? How much is going to come through your marketing? How much is going to come through intake? How fast are those cases going to be worked? How many attorneys does a case need? How many paralegals does a case need? Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about pods. Mm-hmm. So if we have one attorney, how many paralegals, how many legal secretaries, how many, you know, people do we need tracking down medical records? What does that team look like and how many cases can they handle? And if we know that a team can handle, and again, I'm making this up, a pod can handle a hundred cases and we are gaining, let's say, net new, mm-hmm. which means in a month, if we're net new 10, that means that we're bringing 14 cases, new cases on, and we're closing four. Mm-hmm. So 14 minus four is 10. Mm-hmm. So 10 net new. And they've got 80 cases now. In two months, they're full, right? So they can't take any more cases means in two months, I need a new pod up and running. Yeah. I mean, you've got to really watch those numbers like yeah. constantly, like every day. Over and again, over. how long does it take to hire an attorney and two peer paralegals and three legal secretaries to get oh, that yeah. pod up and running? Right. Well, I think, I think five months. Firms, yeah, about a month, but I also think most firms aren't really paying attention to the the right strategy to hire the right people because they're so desperate and they're just like, okay, I'll take you. I'll take you. I'll take you. Did you fog a mirror? Yeah. Right. And and, and then you have a really hot mess, Mm -hmm. you know? So what, what is the turning point that you've noticed in your clients when you work with them that get them to realize, okay, I have to stop what I've been doing and I have to listen to Brooke and make the change. It's when we can start being proactive. It's, it's things like when, when we can say, you're going to need a new pod in five months. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I have five months to hire a new attorney. I'm like, yeah, and you better get on that because it's hard to find an attorney in five months. Yeah. 
you can find a good paralegal in two months, but you can't find a good attorney in, in two months. Yeah. Hire that attorney now. We know how long it takes to find a paralegal. We know how long it takes to find a legal secretary. You know, what are we going to do? It's, it's being able to look forward. It's being able to make data-driven decisions. Mm-hmm. We're big fans of tracking everything. You're a fan of tracking numbers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So if we track it, you can make a decision. Data-driven decisions are quick and easy. They are black and white. Attorneys have an amazingly good gut instinct. Mm -hmm. They pretty much know what they should do. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably the right answer. And they are right a shocking amount of time. However, (laughs) what happens? Mm. They think I should choose option B. Great. Then they go home and they're eating dinner. And their family's chatting and they're like, I don't know, maybe I should have chosen option A. I don't know, option B is fine. And then they go to bed. And as their wife or husband is telling them about their day, they're like, oh no, maybe I really should have chosen option A. And then they wake up in the middle of the night. Well, option B or option A. They're still making that decision. And then they're, you know, in court or drafting a pleading or meeting with a client or taking a deposition. And again, was option B really the right option? Should I have taken option A? They're making the decision not once, but, you know, 12 times and it's interfering with other things. They're not being able to be fully present when it's a data-driven decision. Mm -hmm. It's one and done. Mm-hmm. You make that decision and you you move on because you know it's right, mm-hmm. and it's so simple and so easy. And part of that decision should also be um, hiring that new visionary person, the one that's going to create that culture for you, because that's still important no matter what. You got to have it. Yeah, you know, here's the thing about culture. Um, Every firm has a culture, mm-hmm. whether it's intentional or, or not <laughs> yeah. is something different. I, I went, um, sometimes we will go to law firms and we'll do what we, what we call a law firm 360. We'll kind of go in and we'll explore and, and we'll talk to all the employees and everything. And, and the owner was like, we've got this great culture and <laughs> And so I talked to everybody, I'm like, what's your mission and, and all of this? And um, I came back to him. I'm like, yeah, so this is what you say your culture is. And this is what you say your mission is. And not one of your employees thinks that that is your culture or your vision. He was like, what? I'm like, no one. I was like, because apparently you've kept all of this information to yourself and, and you're not living it and breathing it. And I was like, oh, and by the way, here's your brochure. And it doesn't agree with what you say either. Yeah, right. So you have failed to even tell your your marketing company. Or your website. (laughs) So, you know, I had one person say uh, it's about fear and competition. I was like, your culture is fear and competition. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, I'm like. Your culture is what your employees think it is. Yeah. Your, your culture is what your employees feel. And 
the great thing about culture is that it doesn't necessarily take money to change. It takes intention. Mm -hmm. I was at an EO event, entrepreneurs organization, and I was sitting there and somebody said something. I thought, God, that's just freaking brilliant. He said, if you walk into every discussion with an employee and what is on your mind is what is the culture and what is the, what do I want to achieve for our culture in this interaction? You will never have a cultural problem in your company. Mm-hmm. That's like, interesting. Wow. Mm, that's profound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how much does that cost? Right. Yeah. Nothing. And that's great. Yeah, I mean, we we tell our, our teams that we want them to treat clients a certain way and give the best service and we want five-star Google reviews, but we don't we don't give to our team what we want them to give to the client. And if we did that first, the rest just kind of falls into place. It does. If we, you know, what's the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit of that sure goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I teach a lot of empathy um, to law firms, to pretty much all the different positions and taking attorneys. But I mean, empathy is necessary with prospects and with, with clients. But the skills that I'm teaching it, over and over again, it's the same skills that you use as an owner with your team. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you humanize your relationship with your team, everything falls into place. Oh my gosh. You're so wise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it can be scary if you're not experienced at it. If you don't, if you're not, if you haven't had the training and the coaching and it's just not, it might just not be there for you. So you really have to find the right people to do it for you. So how can you help law firms? How can, how can yeah. cap, cap help law firms? Yeah. Oh gosh, we love helping law firms. So we come in and, and first we teach you that not, not everything's a nail. Mm-hmm. That there are a lot of tools in your toolbox. That there are so many things that we can do that will impact what's happening. That we can drive profitability that we can align employees and the firm mm-hmm. through so many different methods. And it's not all about money. That we can help you achieve your goals in so many different ways. And we love doing that, whether it is by serving as your CFO and really looking at the strategy of the numbers. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in five years? Mm-hmm. Right. I, you know, you've heard about what's happening in Arizona and in Utah with their sandbox. So in Arizona, you can have non-attorney ownership mm-hmm. of a law firm. I think it's coming. Oh yeah. Three to five years. Right. You know, and, and that is going to be a major change. Yeah. In, in the legal field. And, and I think lawyers need to be thinking about that. We've got baby boomer, eh, 
baby boomers Mm -hmm. own a huge percentage of law firms. How are they going to get out of those? What's that going to look like? Yeah. What are they doing? How are they transitioning it? Are they, are they selling their firms? Are they closing them? Are they giving them away? What are they going to do about that? What are those younger attorneys doing? Are they going to buy them? Are they going to just ask for them? Are they going to build their firm? Like, what do they want? Where are Mm -hmm. they going to be? Mm -hmm. And how are they going to get there? And, and how are these changes going to impact them? And then when we're looking at the COO side, how are your operations running? What does the culture of your firm look like? And where are those bottlenecks in your firm that are causing problems? Mm-hmm. Is it in the HR and the hiring? Is it in the, the, the development of your people? And frankly, of, of you as the owner? Mm-hmm. What's the expression? You know, your business can only grow as fast as you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you growing? Yeah. Um, or is it something more technical? Is it, is it in your IT? I mean, look at what happened to Southwest two weeks ago. That was an IT meltdown mm-hmm. that they've been talking about for years. And then the FAA did the same stinking thing a week ago. They're running on a 30-year-old platform at the FAA. And they say it's going to take, what, six years to implement a new platform at the FAA? Mm-hmm. So are you running technologically? Are you running on something like the FAA in Southwest? Right, yeah. You know, where are you susceptible? Yeah, and, and it sounds like your firm can help with that. Yeah. Yeah. We look, we look at your firm holistically and identify mm-hmm. where things are happening, mm-hmm. where things are going to happen. Going to happen. That's great. But ho- hopefully not, but the calm before the storm, right? Fingers crossed. Yeah, right. know, Fingers I, w- crossed. I would much rather fix it before it happens. Yeah, right, right. Like exactly. After the dam breaks and we're trying to like exactly. with our hands. Exactly. <laughs> But let's, why don't you tell everybody how, how they can get in touch with you so you can help. I think the easiest way is through our website. It's cathcap.com, C-A-T-H-C-A-P.com. Awesome. Yeah. Any last words? You know, I just think, let's go back to the beginning in that law school didn't prepare attorneys for owning a business. Mm-hmm. And what law school did do was teach them to have all the answers and to be an expert and to be confident in those answers. And I think that that does attorneys a disservice. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there like you, like me, right. that will partner with them and will give good advice and help them see what's coming down the road. You know, we, sometimes we, we talk about owning a business. It's like climbing a mountain, (laughs) you know, yeah, (laughs) it's hard. It's scary. It's beautiful. It's exhilarating. Mm -hmm. And we're like that Sherpa that's carrying the pack Mm -hmm. that's saying, okay, so we're going to go around two switchbacks and then we're going to cross a scree field. And then 
there's going to be this. And we need to make sure we don't fall in the crevasse. Right. And then we're going to strap on our crampons and we're going (laughs) to scale up this whatever. You know, someone that's been there, that's seen it, that, that has that expert insider knowledge. Yeah to help you get through those rough points that can tell you what's coming down the pike. And I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid of reaching out and asking for that. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to figure it out if it's just not your thing. You know, you you gotta get help though. I mean, take the shortcut. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Don't, don't go crazy. Yeah. So there, there is an easier way. There is an easier way. Yeah. Awesome. Terrific. Well, thank you so much. Well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. We'll see you again real soon. Chris Mullins, IntakeAcademy.com. So long, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Lawyers Tell All, where Chris Mullins takes you on a journey with lawyers in the trenches who show you the realities of what it takes to succeed in this chaotic, crowded, ever-changing profession. Remember to visit our website at www.lawyerstellall.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on Lawyers Tell All. Oh, 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 oh,